0: you're listening to the podcast detroit network visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information the views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network its advertisers owners or
1: sponsors what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of can we talk this is eric and i'm here with the usual suspects shana and anthony we have a special guest today my boy Donovan. Hey, what's Donovan up? What's good. up? I'm blessed, man. He's Glad wearing the beer. He's wearing this, these Michigan colors, and I'm not. Feeling, I'm not feeling <laughs> this know, right go now. Go blue, go blue. Oh you know, man, we
2: lost last week, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: lost bad last week too. <laughs> it's cool though. It's cool. What's going on with everybody this week? We had two weeks off, right? So we're back and we're fresh. I almost wanted to play "Return to Mac" by Mark Morrison
0: in the beginning. <laughs> oh, we should have classic. Yes, it is. Oh, uh,
1: but y'all, this been a interesting week. So I want to recap with the current events. I've been touch on a couple of things. We had the death of Winnie Mandela, rest in peace. Um, it was it was definitely she lived a long life. It was definitely sad to see, you know, the Mandelas uh, now both figureheads laid to rest. Um, but that's life, and, and we just got to within everything that we do. Let's continue to respect and, and pay homage to to their lives. Um go uh,
3: ahead. PBS did an awesome document. Uh, they aired an awesome documentary. I think it's still on their website it's called Winnie, and it basically. It talks about Winnie, but outside of Nelson Mandela, mm. so it's really wow. good. You okay. guys should definitely
1: any check that any out. any um tidbits or something you want to talk about within that?
3: Uh, I mean i I've read like Long Walk to Freedom. Yeah, but I haven't read any of her works, so it was great for me to watch that to see like all of the stuff because she was married to him for a long time, but mm. she spent most of their marriage without him because mm. he was mm. in prison, mm. and but that didn't you know stop her work. And one of the things that stood out to me was how difficult it was for her to visit him. Yeah. Like, that was, like, a long, like, boat ride. The boat was small. Like, oh. it was, mm. yeah, it was. And then sometimes she would get there, and they wouldn't allow her to see him. Wow.
1: You know, that's that's true love, though. When someone can stick with you through that, like, you're in, you're in prison for 30 years, and that person's still with you. Yeah. You know, so that that's that's awesome. But um, also this is the 50 year anniversary of the death of Martin Luther King this yeah. past week, and I followed this Twitter account, and this Twitter account pretty much live streamed or did like a live Twitter feed of the events that day. It was kind of interesting to see, like it was, it, it puts you in perspective of like real life today, like with social media mm. and how to sort of how to intertwine with history. It was kind of cool. And so if you ever, I think it was called MLK, um fiftieth I think it was like MO hashtag or or at M O K fiftieth. I forgot the name of the the actual um code. But it was just a good thing to follow uh, and just in terms of see the history and how it played out, you know, throughout the day. It just talked about like who he was meeting with, um, you know, things that was going on, meetings he had that day, and it culminated with the uh the unfortunate assassination that night. So uh you know, those are the two biggest events that I wanna talk about. And I know Shayna, you, you recently listened to the the new Cardi B album, huh? Yes. Oh yes. Can you please listen, let us know how
3: Listen
0: you, when we were in the message board, I said, Shayna, this is your job. You gotta this, listen this to Cardi part, B. <laughs> you're
1: you're the hip hop corner.
3: Right. She was like, fuck. This man. is your this is your, okay. your
1: day, Shayna. Mm-hmm. This you gotta shine on this one.
3: I did listen to Cardi B's album. Um I, I listened to it straight through. I didn't take any breaks. Uh, she has. A, it starts off with a song that's called uh, Get Up 10. Mm. It's be, it's like dreams and nightmares. Yeah. You know how it, it starts. Yeah. Yeah, Hold up. Wait a it minute. It sounds
1: just like Meek. I was like, that sounds like a Meek Mill Yeah, it
3: does sound like a, um, like a Meek Mill song. Free Meek. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was okay. Like, yeah. it wasn't bad. It, but, like, you know me. Like, I like hip-hop. I like... You know, like the Roost. but I also like Migos and all that right. other type right. of stuff. So it was okay, like for what it was. There are a couple of songs on there that I do like. I like Ring, mm-hmm.
4: that's and, a I, and
3: I yeah, and I like the song, and I like the song with SZA. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that was yeah. You know, I can't I can't hate on Cardi B like she's doing her thing, and I do. So she's pregnant now, so that's congratulations for her.
3: Yeah, is that confirmed? Yeah, she yeah, was on, she was SNL on SNL last Night, night. Live. Okay. Her stomach.
1: Was... <clears throat> yep. Do you see longevity,
0: Shayna? In her career or it's too early to tell?
3: Uh, It's kind of too early to tell because if you had asked me back in 2011 that I would, first of all, that I would like Migos. (laughs) Second of all, that they would still be here making, putting out music. Right, right, right. So uh, it's too early to tell. This is her first official album. So we'll see. But it it was okay. It's got a couple of songs on there. I did add to the cardio playlist.
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) Bicking head. You know, I'm I'm going to throw this
1: out here. I don't believe longevity in music matters anymore. Anybody disagree?
0: I mean, when you got a great one-hit wonder, you know, you got that forever. But that's not being said that the artist is getting paid how many times you play it. You know, I mean, I think it matters. It still matters as far as being a fan. Yeah,
1: if you're you a fan know. of that person, that's true. Sure. But I think that we're in a day and age now where, I mean, we have so much access. You can, you can. Continue. I'm streaming songs that I listened to. You know, one-hit wonders ten years ago, and. Right. I'm still enjoying it. And I think that as long as people are still listening to your music and enjoying it, that's all that really matters. You don't have to have a long career. I think you've made a couple of songs and they're and they popping.
0: But that's not yeah. to say I never wanted DJ Unk to come out with something that would right. top Walk It Out. <laughs>
4: right. you know I'm saying? That's,
2: that's not to true. say I never wanted that. Is that is true, yeah. Well, Walk It Out Remix. Well,
4: <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't know. If this a is a good example, but look at Vanilla Ice. He only he was like a one-hit wonder, and you know right. what? A few years ago, he had his own TV show, See? and his one-hit wonder was like what thirty years ago? Yeah,
0: exactly. But then you got people like Terrence Trent D'Arby, who have like a, a Wait, great who? first album. Terrence Trent Darby. Trent, Trent Darby, <laughs> and then the album after that is just some straight up, you know, out of pretentious stuff, and
1: yeah. then he just mm-hmm. falls down. But I think, and it goes into our main topic. We get There's on that later. Rumors
3: about how <laughs> they they think my Prince might have sabotaged his career, with oh. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the Prince? Prince, yes.
0: Before we get to me, you said you liked Weekend's new EP. I do, my dear melancholy. It so- to
3: me, it's like um, I can't like I can't relate to it right now. So like it's really sad, depressing listen. But I thought it was really good. I
0: think. Theme wise, that takes him back to his original Balloons trilogy, which got him, uh, which which got me interested in him. Um, I think that's his best project, Balloons trilogy. But yeah, I could see how people people could like him and say it's it's away from the mainstream weekend we know. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big week- weekend. Weekend. Uh, He's
0: not for everybody. He can nah, be a little slow.
4: <laughs> I like his music because it's very. Um, he has like hints of like retro. Like you can see yeah. that he has like he's very stylistic like michael jackson and which his i don't like i like michael jackson so i
1: understand but i hate when people try to replicate it, it may be unintentionally but when people try to replicate other artists like be your own self be creative within you and that's that's where i've been turned off
0: sometimes creativity is found through homage look at quentin tarantino's career <laughs> every movie is a is a clap back to the past
1: but I think every di- movie but i think it's different it's in true. film because with film you have the opportunity to really make it. It's, you're gonna make it your own a little bit. Like you're gonna, you're gonna. Oh, yes, you could say. You say. N- not always, though. Not always. I feel like some people imitate others so much that it's just like, all right, this you could interchange the two of them and it sounds the same. Like maybe. I'm trying well, to think for example. I mean, I don't working?
4: think the weekend is that much like Michael Jackson. I just think his voice yeah. sounds like him a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's got like that '70s retro kind of.
1: He's. I mean, yeah. People him. like him. People don't.
0: I've, yeah. o- I've always put him and Frank Ocean in the same spot. I like the both of them a lot. But um, yeah, that's, my, that's my take. Frank what you, you got any new hip hop releases that you uh, you listen to? Oh uh, shoot! I mean, I like the Big Crit.
4: Yes, forever is a mighty long time. Shoot. Big Crit, that's yeah. my
2: homie, man. Mixed messages. Really, it's my yeah. favorite song on the album. Resonated with me a lot as a young black man in America. Um, it's just hard, man. It's just hard. <laughs> I love "Bury Me in Gold." Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that
1: song too. First, of all, I want I want to say before we uh, continue, congratulations on being engaged. Adam. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. Well, I appreciate that's, that. That's great things. So. Oh yes,
2: man, she's amazing. Um, great. her name's Shantae Wilcher. She, uh we went to Renaissance together. <clears throat> she graduated from Howard University. <clears throat> she's at uh, Wayne State Law School now, second year. Okay. President of the Bolsa organization. Awesome. She she doing her thing. So. That's, Just trying to keep up with her. That's awesome. Are <laughs> you doing some
1: great things yourself? I know.
2: Are you running for office again? Or are you? Uh... Well, yeah. So not well. Actually, last night at the Barristers ball, yeah, I was asked to run for uh, school board, okay. as well as county commissioner. Oh, um, I'm considering it. I got three weeks until the following deadline, which yeah. is I think the twenty fourth. Yeah. Um, but I ran for state rep. A uh, year and a half ago, mm. August 2016, uh, came in second, won on election day, lost the absentee vote. Um, a lot of the issues going on in that district on the northeast side of the city, district went from six mile to eight mile, mm. living in order to yeah. So includes the majority of the northeast side. And a lot of those issues, um, and you'll be surprised when I knocked on those doors, men and women cried to me. Every single day. Um, Not about the blight, not about the crime, not about the education. Mm. Um, It was really about how much I reminded them Mm. of a young Kwame. Mm. Kwame Kilpatrick, uh, when he was a state rep. And they're like, you just remind me of a young man that was here Mm. 15, 20 years ago, doing the same things you're doing now. Young, charismatic, educated, handsome, like. But, you know, we lost hope in our young folks. That's what a lot of our elders. You know, say to me. And it's sad. So we got to bridge that gap somehow, some way. That's why I'm working on. I'm, I'm the chair of the Detroit Young Democrats. Mm. Um, and I also run a school tour called the Young Minds of Transition. Mm. Um, and we go to about 50 to 70 middle schools, high schools throughout the city of Detroit and the surrounding area. Talking to kids about perseverance, yeah. following your dreams, mentorship, really the necessary life skills to succeed and, and go through those trials and tribulations and come out ahead of them. Um, so we bring in local artists and speakers like a Big Sean. We brought Big Sean to River Rouge High School, brought wow. Days Love to Harper Woods High School and Central. We brought T Grizzly to plenty of schools. Wow. Um, if you follow T Grizzly on Instagram, any school that he goes to in the city of Detroit, I'm behind the scenes making wow. sure that happens. Man. And so I've been fortunate and blessed enough to be around these great artists and really try to give back and have a message to these kids. And inspire them to do something that's better than themselves. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's Thanks. what
1: we're doing. That's why I had to plug it, plug you, because I know you do a lot of great things. <laughs> Thank you do a lot of great, you. great things in the city. Thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I oh, we got to have the, the, these two cents. Forgot about. I can't follow that, man. Come on, man. Why you do that to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to do it in the beginning, but it slipped my mind. So we had to throw it in there. So now nah, go ahead and, and do your thing.
0: No, it's all good, man. Um, I want to talk real quick about the movies I saw. I saw okay. uh, saw Ready Player One which was really great. It really brought the kid out of me. Um, new Steven <laughs> Spielberg movie is about this. It's about this future where people play video games to escape their reality. Cause mostly everybody's poor. Mm. And it's about, um, the creator of the game. It's a virtual reality game. He left like three keys in the whole virtual universe and whoever collects the keys becomes rich. So our main character, we see him trying to get the key and everything. And there's, mm. there's a lot of good things behind it. It's about, you know, of course, you know, living more in reality than playing a game. Mm. Um, Knowing what's important, because you know, to him, winning the game is important. But he mm-hmm. learns through his creator's mistakes creating the game. It's a it's a Spielberg movie, yeah. so there's a lot of things about love, family, and stuff like that. And it's um yeah. a lot of video game references. That's pretty funny. Okay. Um, Lena Waiters is in it. Oh, what? what okay, I,
1: what yeah. what character she play? Uh,
0: it's kind of a surprise, but yeah, oh. she's in it, and it's it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I saw yeah. a quiet place today, which was yeah. awesome. Awesome horror crazy. thriller, uh, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, who directed it, too. Um, yeah. You know, it's about this future where people, it's about this family. They have to be quiet mm-hmm. because if they make a sound, these monsters come out and get them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the movie has a lot of silence in it, and that's good for jumps, jump scares and just to make the whole audience tense. Because mm-hmm. me and my girl were in the theater, and we weren't making a sound. And we right. weren't even in the movie. <laughs> that's so true. Everybody <laughs> right. was just
1: quiet in that thing. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just, uh, it's, just it's, 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 a, it's a It's a. tough you know, great tale about family. You know, sacrifice, loss. You know, it's mm. it's it's a
1: very good movie. It's only had five characters in the whole movie. You know, they did a great job of yeah. You know, building sort of the um, and um just just a great job of, of storytelling within that.
4: I read a article this morning about how it was um, <clears throat> like taking step steps forwards towards like the deaf community. Yeah. And how it was the closest thing we've had to a silent film become mainstream wow. in a really long time. So
0: nice, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one more thing. You know, if you want to see more reviews, follow me on Instagram at reluctantmoviebuff, Buff, all one word. But I got something personal to talk about that's happened to me since we last talked. Um, yeah. Y'all know me on the religion front. I've kind of been searching for where I where I belong and everything. You know, mm. I grew up Jehovah Witness, and you know, um, you same, know my, yeah. In my yeah. My girl, um, you know, she brought me to this non-denominational church, and I was going for a while. And um, you know, I think I, I I feel at home there. And you know, since we last talked, I got saved. Good,
1: that's awesome. Wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's it's uh, thank you. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not baptizing. It's something kind of different. But it's like I, I I I felt I already was saved, but because it's like a public thing where you say it in a temple of the Lord. You know, I feel like it makes it official. But to me, it's like, you know, even though my mom's a Jehovah Witness, it's like I feel like as long as you got like some faith in your life. I mean, we're all kind of on mm-hmm. the right path. Yeah, I know that's being a little too optimistic, but that's just how I feel. So uh,
1: that's that's yeah. beautiful, though. You know, because I know we had a conversation about that, and then you're taking those steps to you know find who you are, you know, find your religion, and I think that's awesome. It sounds like you yeah. you, you found it, so that's that's great. And that's also that that leans into our our topic our main topic which is about the pursuit of happiness Mm -hmm. right and so how happiness is different for everyone but what are those things that we often sacrifice in that pursuit right sometimes people they're finding jobs that pay pay really well yeah right but you have to sacrifice your 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 family your time you know you might have to sacrifice your health in some cases and so in our pursuit to find that happiness to find that dream it's important for us to remain sort of balanced within ourselves and often we we don't do that. And it kind of ties into this episode of Atlanta. And I know, Donovan, mm-hmm. you didn't get to watch it, but we had recap. Well, here.
0: Before we get into that, can yeah. we just like give like what we what is like happiness <coughs> to us before we get into like Atlanta? Yeah.
1: I would say happiness for me is finding that perfect balance between, you know, really enjoying what I do, uh, doing something that gives back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do want to get paid for it. I mean, obviously, obviously <laughs> you want to make money. You got to be, you know, have a, a nice life um ensuring that my family that that creative family that is healthy um you know loving you know together and just really in essence looking back being able to look my, back on my life and say that I I did everything that I wanted to do and I have no regrets right so that's me what about you uh
0: i mean it's kind of hard to answer like <laughs> what make you makes you completely happy but um you know of course it's doing what you love being a husband and father to me having a family but even though i don't want a family right now it's just being established it's being established and being proud of how i'm working yeah i guess f- for now in my point in my life that's happiness to me being proud of what i'm doing that's real and taking care of business yeah
1: mm. that have been shane
3: yeah. well i like food <laughs> food <laughs> makes, makes me, you happy food makes me very happy good. yes Um, But also, I guess, like, I'm currently in the pursuit (laughs) of happiness, and basically what I want to do with my life is I want to give back without without selling myself and my family short. Mm.
2: Mm. Right. Yeah. And for me, I would say, I I say this time and time again as a black man (laughs) in this country, um, it's just to leave a legacy yeah. and, you know, build that out. You know, my family, um, comes, went through tumultuous experiences. A lot of them came from, you know, certain circumstances. Some of them made some money in their lifetime, a lot of money. Some mm-hmm. of them didn't, didn't mm-hmm. pan out, but, um, just understanding that, you know, life is about making impact. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, my grandmother always raised me she said, never fight the urge to give. Mm. And um and so I try to strive by that principle and so give back, man. Whether it's time, money, um, you know, your story, your never, your narrative is very powerful. So, um, I learn best through people. So getting to know you guys, being here today, yeah, it's an experience within itself. That's real. I feel
1: like I feel like with happiness too. And growing up, you know, my family never had real money. You know, we obviously we. Live in Detroit, so we were sort of a lower income um, household, but we found we found happiness in like small things like yeah. those small little joys right and I think that um often as I get older and I start making a little bit more money, my happiness is often tied towards like money it's money, yeah. monetary factors <clears throat> and it's unfortunate because when I was younger, I was just happy about oh we, we we're getting to go on this trip, we're gonna yeah. go like drive to to down uh, to Tennessee like that was that was happy for me, just spending time with the family. Um, but now I'm like, oh, I just need to. I need some money. Like money made me happy. And part of me is looking at how we envy these celebrities, how we envy these people, like these actors, because we assume that they have these great lives because they made, they got where they are, and they they seem to be happy, right? Um, but really looking into it, they a lot of them have more issues than we have. You know, we just they just don't. We don't know. We don't and you see don't, from and there. You don't know the road they took to get to where they're at. And they're
3: lying through omission.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so it makes you wonder: Do we have do? And a lot of times we do this. Why do we attribute our happiness based on other people's pers- perspectives of what it means to be happy? Like what it means to you know, have a good life. Well, I mean, if if, if you look around and in, in the situation
0: you're in, and you're not happy, of course you're gonna look at what's on the tube or what's on your phone yeah. f- for that to define happiness to you. You're gonna look at you're gonna look at others by example. You know, a, a great quote is you know you learn from others, not from yourself. You learn yeah. by others' mistakes, not from your own mistakes. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's it right there.
1: But oftentimes we don't get to see those mistakes because everything that we put on on sure. social media is the good things. You right. know, it's the good things that are going on in their lives. But like you said, we don't see those struggles. They omit those those parts of their lives where they actually
2: you know struggled and,
1: and you know had lost things of that such. And I think that's an unhealthy sort of attitude that we have
2: no you're right and um and like you know i know kids even myself sometimes i fall into the trap of um looking on youtube or something or instagram or facebook and watching other people mm-hmm. and and their lives and and like you know learning from them in a sense but really it's an escape right it from is. you know what we're going through on a day-to-day basis in reality here in the city trader wherever you live at so um, You know, for most folks, it's, it's, it's like a, it's being medicated. Mm. Like, literally, it's an addiction on the smartphones. Yep. And so I know kids who just watch it constantly, watch other people having fun. Yeah, I'm nice. like, why not have fun yourself? Why not talk to each other? I mean, this is just the craziest Seriously. thing ever, but I don't
3: know. Yeah, there's <laughs> like a trend where kids watch other kids play with toys on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: So, I have a, um, the, <laughs> the founder of the of podcast Detroit, um, his, they had like, um, a day where they bring, um, their kids in for their podcast that they do. And he asked him, like, hey, why do kids, like, watch, uh, watch other kids play on YouTube? Like, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. And I guess his daughter brought in, like, her sassy friend and she <laughs> was like, <laughs> Why do you watch football then?
1: Oh. look! <laughs> I guess that kind of makes a little bit
4: of... So, that's just little what little that bit. made me think of. I can't play
3: football.
4: I can't play or watch football. But I can't yeah. play
3: football, so... Right,
1: but you can buy a toy, and you can play with that toy yourself. But, but you yeah. can't, everyone can't just get up and play football, right? That's that's different. I got a question. The little girl who asked that question
0: to the guy, was the guy a football player or something?
4: No, the guy, it was it was Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the correlation
0: between him watching football and her watching someone so else true. play a toy when she got a toy? Well,
4: I guess, like, her point was that, like, he could go outside and throw the football around if he wanted to. But uh, the choices. I don't know. It was like a 10-year-old that made say the darndest point. things, huh? Right, right. But she's young. She just, hasn't lived life. It was just funny that that was her point. Yeah. Yeah,
3: like um, when I first, regrettably, put a tablet in my daughter's hand, one of the things <laughs> that I was like, you can't, you can't do. You can't watch YouTube because at that point it's like it's a black hole. Yeah. They didn't have YouTube kids back then. Right. You can type in anything and something, you know, perverse could come up yeah. or something could come up where I was well, not necessarily perverse, but I got to do damage control. Right. Yeah. So – I have to monitor what it is that you're watching. It has to be constructive. So mm. like you can't watch YouTube. Mm. But now like people are like yeah, my kid she wa- likes to do this. She likes to watch all this stuff on YouTube. And it's like oh no, I don't. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <Right>. Like she <laughs> plays
4: with her toys. There's a really big issue with YouTube where um, so the filter that youtube uses it's just like a it's like a robot filter you know it's Mm -hmm. not like an actual person that watches these videos and they're having an issue with videos that that are like directed towards kids but like actually perverse like it'll be like spider-man and elsa and it's like spider-man spanking elsa or something like girls like that and it gets through the filters and ends up on youtube kids
2: that's horrible oh wow
1: i I remember uh recent i think last week where the one lady shot up youtube's office yeah Yeah. Yeah. because they were blocking her uh her videos or something
4: oh no she shot her boyfriend
1: she shot her boyfriend oh god wow
4: but i don't know the reason why they completely like scrubbed
3: the internet of her like she they said she had like four youtube channels and after that you couldn't (coughs) find any they said she had all these pages on instagram you couldn't find any like you could find two pictures of her Wow. But she was a YouTube personality. I thought oh, that I was weird. I
4: didn't know that. The only picture I saw of her was her at a Trump rally. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so,
2: I
3: think was that uh, engineered?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
0: Could be. I think. I think in your pursuit of happiness, it can sometimes be a sad pursuit. Yeah, you know, I think. I, I think. I mean, I think when, when when you're when you're striving for what you call happiness, like for me, you know, my my dream career is to be a writer of television, basically to be a Shonda Rhimes or a Ryan Murphy. But that pursuit towards that could be a sad and, you know, yeah. tough hardship pursuit, yeah. Yeah. you know. So I feel like um, the pursuit of happiness, it's, it's a little it's a little ironic because it's not a happy pursuit.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. I think that yeah. that happiness is often a moving target. Right. Right. I think there's no true sense of happiness. because Once we think we've gotten to the point of happiness, we're always going to move it a little bit further. I like can be happier. Doing something else. Right. So I think in our minds that that creates some type of, you know, psychological thing where we're always trying to pursue something greater that we just forget to just sit back and enjoy what we have in mm-hmm. many times. And looking, into like doing it. I saw an interview with David Letterman and Jay Z and he was just talking about his life and you you can tell that he just even even though he's a celebrity, he's almost a billionaire, you know, with him and his wife's income together, they still have their issues. Like they're still just human like the rest of us. They still face the same issues of of mm-hmm. infidelity issues of just trying to figure out who they are where they belong and you would think like these people have it together but they don't because again it's it's a moving target happiness is relative to where you are at that time and again it always changes uh,
3: when you're when like when giving back makes you happy it is a sad pursuit because you encounter people who either don't want to be helped mm. or their situations are so dire that you feel powerless yeah.
2: No, I agree. I agree. Like, when we do the school tour and, you know, talk to all these kids, you know, they come up to us. A lot of them are homeless and hungry. Yeah, Like, a lot of these teachers and, and counselors and principals don't really know what goes on in these kids' lives. And being an outsider coming into these schools, <laughs> you know, we have an advantage because we don't see them day in, day out. Right. Well, and so they respect us a little more. And to some degree, they even trust us a lot more than they yeah. do with you know the adults in the room that that handles them every day, and so, you know, and these kids tell us all of these traumatic stories, and we're like, wow,
1: yeah,
2: this this is unbelievable. And so sometimes I do feel powerless. Sometimes I do go, you know, be at home just crying my tears out, like for real, yeah. you know, and and praying and like praying for these kids, because mm-hmm. you know a lot of them don't have, they don't have the the fundamental necessities like. You know, a lot of them can't even read, write, mm. or do basic arithmetic. Wow. Like, that's sad. Growing up in public schools or, or charter schools in the city of Detroit, a lot of these kids are at a huge disadvantage. And how can we live in a global society and have these kids ill-prepared? Mm. Like, where can they go? And there's nothing for them to do currently in the city. Um, there's no teen clubs. There's very limited after-school programs. Yeah. Um at the time, when I was growing up, late 90s, we had 40, over 42, I think 42 rec centers in the city of Detroit. Mm. We're down to seven. Mm, sad. Seven. Yeah. Like, this This is crazy. These kids, And then they're charging kids to go to these places. $10, $20 a pop every day. We used yeah. to go there for free. Swim, right. we learned how to do
3: everything.
0: Seriously. Does summer school still exist? Up,
3: a little bit. But so a little just, bit. Yes. I know at my daughter's school... It went from you physically sitting into a cl- in a classroom to it's online now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't work.
1: But, you know, the true testament, though, to those kids is that a lot of them, even though the issues they're facing, they still come to school every day. Yeah, they do. Like, And that's that's, that's surprising because, again, if I was in their shoes and, you know, you're dealing with so many circumstances, it's like how do you even get the, the strength, you know, to wake up every morning, you know, and, and still go to school and still try to learn, you know, and so – a lot of times, it's, it's that that drive they have to be successful. They want to, you know, some kids, they they've got, just had a bad hand. They were dealt a bad hand in life, yeah. and they realize that they had the potential to change that. Other kids, they don't see that that um possibility, so they yeah. might fall through the cracks a little bit. But again, that's their individual pursuit. Sure. And you would you would definitely see some kids who you who are going through crazy issues, but they're still happy. Like come they come to school smiling every day. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. You got more strength than I ever had. Um, but again, that's just a testament to character. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And looking at this pursuit, and I guess we can't touch into Atlanta. You want, you want to touch on, on uh,
0: Oh, do you want me to? Well, I mean, look, there's a great show on TV right now called Atlanta on uh, FX. It's created by Donald Glover. You might know him as Childish Gambino. Um, it's a comedy, but it's also a comedy drama. This latest episode, however, was kind of a uh, an emotional horror drama, mm-hmm. and it dealt with a character where it's a character named Darius. Now, it feels like each episode of this season is dealing with like one character or one mm-hmm. or two characters alone. Mm-hmm. Um, this character, Darius, he's um he's a little different, you know. I I he 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 think, he, he, he views the world in a different way, and this this ep- this show puts him in a place where he's like the sanest person in the room, mm-hmm. which means something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, uh, do you want to do you want to summarize it? Can you? It's hard to summarize. We don't want to give it away, but we're going to talk about it in depth. So basically, Darius, he wants a multicolored piano. There's there's a great bit in the beginning where he's um you can tell he's on the he, he's in the Confederate side of town, maybe. And he sees this hat called Southern Maid, right. and he does this brilliant thing where he takes the hat and he has like a red marker. And he uh he calls it to the point where the hat reads "You mad?" <laughs> and uh, I hear I, there's this woman coming with her groceries. This uh Caucasian woman, she looks at him like she's totally offended when he's driving off with that with the hat on like mm-hmm. that. That pretty much summarizes where Atlanta is in general. It's yeah. it's a show that trolls prejudice behavior in a way, mm-hmm. or, or prejudice, or just behavior that's just straight up wrong. But anyway, Alfred comes to this house, and uh, he meets this man named Teddy Perkins um played by Donald Glover. You would never know watching it though. Yeah. Right. Uh he's a man that kind of he sounds and looks like Michael Jackson a little bit. Mm. But he's very there's something very creepy about him and he has a brother who was very famous whose name was Benny Hope. Benny Hope. Benny Hope uh famous pianist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he so his I guess his brother owns the piano and listen, any normal person would have left by the time they even met this dude. Right. You know That's what I mean? Creepy. But Darius B is a person that likes to he likes to explore things, you know, he likes to explore things that are rather uh, best unexplored. So he sticks around and he realizes that, you know, Teddy Perkins and his brother, Benny Hope, they had an abusive father who pushed them to the point of perfection. He pushed mm-hmm. Benny to the point of being a perfectionist at the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to give a lot of weight, even though we're going to be talking about it in depth. But what mm-hmm. what am I missing here that's essential to our conversation?
3: Well, Paperboy asked him during a phone conversation, like, why haven't you left yet? And he was right. like, well, I have a two regret, like lifetime limit. Right. So which means he said he he said what I was saying, like he already had one. Yeah. He was like, and you know, I have two, I have a two limit. And if I can't fulfill this one, got they, they just got to take me out. Yeah, and that kind
0: of makes sense. (laughs) Like in in a twisted way, that made sense. You know, watching this episode, you you (coughs) wouldn't be surprised if Darius ends up losing his life by the end by the time this ends. Um, I mean, uh, that doesn't happen, but it's very damn close to happening. Um, Yeah, but it's just all in all, I just think it's just there's a scene that like I'm going. I'm not ashamed to say it almost made me shed a tear where. There's a home movie on where the father is is talking to Benny Hope. Benny Hope's playing, and you see the father like hit Benny Hope with the stick, saying, uh, "Like improve your posture, play harder." And Benny is like playing a solo, and he's crying. And Darius is on the point of crying watching this video. And then that's when you know things get a little dark, mm-hmm. and uh, Darius' life is <coughs> really in danger. But I don't know this 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 episode. You can
1: mm-hmm. that was a very unhappy home. Yeah, and at the end when Darius was tied up, where well, he was had the handcuffs on him. He was talking about Stevie Wonder. He said something like, um, you know, st-
3: um, when he was going back and forth with uh Teddy Perkins, yeah. and he was saying, like, uh, I guess the he was saying that Stevie's blindness was an affliction, and yeah. he was saying, like, and Darius responded, like, he was blind, but he mm, wasn't, wasn't blinded. blinded. Yeah,
1: wasn't right. blinded. That was that was deep. Um, and it ties into this sort of discussion that we're having about pursuit of happiness because. And this fictional character, Teddy Perkins and his brother, they were driven to success at such a young age by their father, and it could have been their father's pursuit of happiness. He sort of pushed that pursuit of happiness onto them, that they end up losing their childhood. They end up being sort of mentally um, restricted, emotionally restricted because of that. And it's almost as if um, that pursuit of happiness that we have in our lives, if, if taken... The wrong way. Or if we do the wrong things to sort of um, cultivate that happiness, we do a lot more harm than than good, and it, it kind of shows you the correlation between that and what happened in this fictional episode of Atlanta.
0: I, I mean, when you want to talk about trophy kids? I feel like one of the most early examples. Like, there's this documentary I love called "Hoop Dreams." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And there's yeah. there's there's a there's a subject in that film whose older brother. Like, there's a subject. He's in high school, and he has the chance to make it to a college basketball team. His older brother had the same chance, but he blew it because I think he had a blown-out knee or something. Mm-hmm. So he's channeling his his dreams to his younger brother. Like, he's pushing him on the court. Like, he's saying, look, man, you're going to get pushed on the court. And you, you you see why he's doing it, but at the same time, you're like, man, like, this isn't your dream. It's his. Mm-hmm. And it's just—you you, you see that, man. there's another documentary called Trophy Kids, which is even more disturbing. But I, I think— yeah, sometimes these, these parents, they can channel their happiness through their kids, and you, they can do it in a beneficial way, or they can do it in a negative way.
2: Mm.
1: It just it reminds me of the, the Kid Cudi song. i swear I keep going back to my head about this. And, and Kid Cudi is sort of like a perfect representation of of this topic as well. Like this guy who loved music, you know, who thought that music was his, his way to pursue that, that dream that he had and sort of make himself so happy, was never, he became more depressed because of it. Yeah, you can't.
0: Right? I think, I don't know Kit Cuddy personally, but I think like he used music to escape his life. Mm. Like, you know, like, like he, he, I know he loves his daughter. Like if you watch his social media, he loves his daughter, but even he has personal issues with like his, you know, his baby mama and, you know, just trying to seem like a masculine force in hip hop too. Cause you gotta, right. you gotta be that at some point. Right. Like, and he just wants to be him. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah,
1: he's a perfect representation on how the pursuit of happiness can be sad. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely unfortunate. Um, I mean, are there any other examples you have of like celebrities or anyone else who you think that has fell victim to this? You know, this this pursuit.
4: Um, I think a lot of comedians. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, Robin sure. Williams is a really good example, I think. He was someone who, you know, kind of fell victim to the mm.
0: I think Robin Williams was a great sad clown, but he but his clown act was impeccable. You would have yeah. never known he was sad.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah they say
0: a lot Jim of people. Jim Carrey
4: is another one like that. I know yeah. he's gone to rehab a few times. I think he's there currently actually.
1: That's another that's
0: another um, good one, actually. Another good mm-hmm. example.
1: That's true. Yeah, I feel like a lot of comedians fall into that same category yeah. only because to be a comedian you have to have some sort of pain or some traumatic event. I that like happened.
4: to be an artist in general. Yeah. You have to suffer for your art. You
1: do, you do. Even I know Tiffany Haddish, when you look at her story, you know, she went through just hell, you know, as a kid growing up with just her situations with her family. And they sort of build that. I don't know, it's something about that you you build a, a a toughness about you. You know, you build that exterior, the persona that sort of uh, tries to to use comedy or use your art to, I guess, change that or, or, or fix that situation.
0: And um and throughout the Teddy Perkins episode, there's there's something being said about a sacrifice, saying oh, yeah. there ne- there needs to be a sacrifice for the pursuit of not happiness, but for the pursuit of success. Mm and you know i think like that that ties in there needs to be some sacrifice you know like like it's like the quote in the beginning of side the prince album you know turbulence is the price you pay for flying high yeah mm-hmm. that, that that's very true
2: mm. was that on a no dope on sundays yes, yes. Um, i love that album.
0: <laughs> that was a great opening line man, man, I love that album.
3: well i think um as black people When it comes to pursuit of uh, happiness, we Mm. need to check ourselves because a lot of us are accepting for, we are looking for an escape hatch from blackness. Mm. Mm. A lot Mm. of us think money is going to bring that, but we all know that it doesn't.
1: That
2: is true. Yeah. Going off what you talked about, um, you know, extrapolating that in my own personal life, to be honest, um, you know, growing up. I moved 13 times all within the city of Detroit. Mm. Spent the first half of my life on the west side, second half on the east. Um, but the majority of my life on the northeast side near Seven Mile Ryan area, down yeah. the street from Persian. And I grew up with cats that <clears throat> was in a fast life. Right. All of us were a part of a game. I was fortunate to get out because of my grades. Yeah. The OGs in the game was like, you're too smart for this. Mm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And so they protected me even though I wasn't part of the game, However, a lot of my friends I grew up with weren't that fortunate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of them ended up at Persian. I ended up at Renaissance because my mother told me, she said, I don't want you to die. Mm. That's why I'm forcing you to go to Renaissance. And I wanted to go to Persian with all my friends. And guess what? She was right. Mm -hmm. Um, Out of my ninth and tenth grade years, I I attended 14 funerals. Mm -hmm. 14 of my dudes that I grew up with got killed and when i I still live in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. um my aunt needed a house to me um and i go back you know through it talk to the same people that's still there and a lot of them you know their dreams are wasted um they don't even they just trying to get survive through the day to be honest and they're looking at me as the money bags graduated from u of m and everything i haven't made it yet but they're like you know you know, politically, you're up next. You need to, you know, represent this community well. And yeah. I talk to them. I, I write to the people who's in prison right now. They write me back, and they're like, "Look, man, you got to give this community hope. Mm. It's up to you, and it's a heavy burden. It mm. really is. And so I'm, I'm every single day. I wake up praying to the Lord. I wake up before I get out the bed. I get on my knees and pray, and I say, "Look, what can I do today to have an impact? Um, and what can I do today to help push this agenda to make at least alleviate some of that pain and suffering that our communities are going through? And it's not just in the city of Detroit. It's, it's a lot of black communities in, throughout the state of Michigan and yeah. throughout the country. It's going through the same exact issues. Yeah. And no one's talking about
1: them. That's so true.
2: Yeah. And it
1: remind me. So there was an MLK um, interview that that he did that wasn't really talked about a lot. And it talked about how in this country, black people are are told to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but they are bootless, right? Mm. And then we look at black people as being, you know, some, something's wrong with you because yeah. you can't, you know, you can't pull yourself up. yeah. Not knowing that the, the system is was broken. The system was meant for us to not sort of, you know, get that, that footing that we need mm. in order to the economic um, uh, independence. And so, but that's it. So we're constantly searching for you know, um, this ideal life, like whether it's money, whether it's is, you know, family, and we're searching and grasping at everything yeah. in our communities that these young kids gravitate towards, you know, gangs to find that sense of family. Um, you yeah. know, selling drugs provides that immediate sense of money. But we lose track of all right what that long term, you know, success is gonna sure. be, that viability. And it's no fault of their own. It's just that's the system. You had to sort of evolve and adapt yeah. you know, to the system. Um but unfortunately it's it's developed and created to where we're almost going to fail, you know, yeah. eight, to- eight, eight or nine times out of ten. And it's up to, you know, people like you and ourselves around here, like you said, to sort of, you know, see these injustices, figure out what we can do collectively, yeah. and sort of bring everybody along on that. But that's, that's, that is that is a hard responsibility. It is, that, man. That is. <laughs> like, like they said in Spider-Man, with great power comes <laughs> responsibility. We're just throwing quotes <laughs> <cults> around, <laughs> So true, though. So, I mean, so how does that? And I, and I look at at Barack Obama, and I know you have an issue with Barack Obama. Yes.
3: <laughs> but, but,
1: but how does I that— I want to hear I want to yeah, hear Yeah, we issues. should talk about that, too. Yeah. that episode. You said the, we haven't the, done the the, the
0: the Obama effect.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. But let's, let's, let's let us let Shayna go into her, you know— So, Shayna, first of first all, <laughs> I want I I I <laughs> you explain your issue with Barack Obama. You said MLK. If you like MLK, you can't like Barack Obama.
3: I just—like, uh, I see a lot of people, you know, they have, like, the first family, <clears> and they profile picture— and then they're like they posting, you know, it's the fiftieth uh, anniversary of Dr. King's murder, mm-hmm. and they're posting like you know the uh, love, you know, drives out hate, and mm-hmm. you know the one stanza from the one speech. Mm-hmm. But he was a total man. Yeah, he had yeah. other views that, like I said, um, they <laughs> are indirect. They're like they're anti-war. Mm-hmm. They're pro-reparations. And Obama was pro war, and he was anti reparations. Mm. Yeah, mm. so you can't love That's, both men. But did Mike,
0: did MLK, always follow his own beliefs though? As far as like you know, listen, listen, listen. I know the man's dead, rest in peace. You know, I love you, but I mean, he was a complex guy too. I mean, but he didn't. He 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 you know, he he fell victim to fo- to going against his rules too in his personal life.
4: I know he wasn't a pacifist for his entire. Oh no! Thing like he even he supported like the Black Panthers and stuff like that.
0: So the thing, would- but
3: I'm not sure what it is that you're referring to.
0: You said he-, he was a total
3: man. Yeah, he was a whole man. Like he was like a lot of people reduce his legacy to, to that one. Speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To that one stanza. It's like all one we speech. think
4: about is that I want to dr- or I uh, have a dream speech. The little black like- boys and the so, little black girls. Yeah.
3: So
1: I will add to that though. So I, I listen to a great. Um, talk kidding. on NPR, and they were discussing this. They brought in people to sort of discuss the life of Martin Luther King, and they just they talked about how no one liked him during when he was here. No, at the at this time, <laughs> no one liked him. White people, black people didn't, didn't really care for him his his policy or his agenda. They were more so for you know the the Black Panthers at that time, and and you know the more the forceful agenda. Um, but they were talking about how at this time. A little bit after his death, they sort of whitewashed his message mm. to conform everyone's narrative, right? Sure. Mm. And they were saying how people even like Richard Nixon used that message, his message, against Black people, saying, "Oh, Martin Luther King would have wanted you to, you know, pull yourself up and, and work hard for what you earn in this world."
4: White people still do that. Yeah. Yes, I see it all the off time. Off that,
1: off of that one speech, they took that one part of that speech and sort of switched mm. it to to make it sort of as if he was he had a a sort of Republican. You know, um, conservative agenda mm-hmm. when it wasn't like that in reality. In re- reality, he wanted reparations. He fought for, you know, independence.
3: Yeah, He thought that the demographics <clears> of <throat> an employer should fit the demographics of the city that yeah. you're in,
0: which makes sense. I've always favored the I've seen the mountaintop speech. That one gives me chills
1: because yeah, it he was died his last the one. Yeah. 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 So
3: and we can't like whitewash why he why he was there. Like, mm-hmm. why was he in Memphis? He was fighting for the for humane treatment and a living wage for garbage collectors. Yeah. Two garbage collectors had died <clears throat> right. because they were sitting on the back of the truck. The truck malfunctioned in the rain.
1: Yeah. Closed on.
3: Mm-hmm. And the the city was like, oh, we're not going to we're not do anything. Yeah.
0: Yep. It, it, it all comes down to him saying, you know, America, I want you to live up to what you said on paper.
3: Yeah. True. You know,
1: <laughs> and I, it's even hard to see that nowadays. Yeah. I, I question, would anyone in, in this day and age be willing to sacrifice their lives mm. for something like that? Because he, he knew. I think he knew at some point he would not going to make it and that he would have to sacrifice. He had to make the ultimate sacrifice, and that's his life. Do you see anyone nowadays who would believes in something that strong, that they would sacrifice their life to that cause? I think, and I think that's a hard question to to sort of answer.
3: When you see what happened with Dr. Martin Luther King, it, it's it's very hard to ask somebody to do that because mm-hmm. of what happened with his children after he died. Mm-hmm. You know, they were fighting over money. He shouldn't yeah. have. They, his children should be taken care. He should have been taken care of. Yeah.
0: yeah. I see something in these Parkland students. I don't know what it is, but I see something in them. I feel like when you're young, you really feel like you got nothing to lose and you're yeah. going to live forever. You know that's not true, but you feel that way when you're young. You see people older in your family go to the hospital or, you know, get a stroke or whatever, and you feel like that ain't going to happen to me. Yeah. I know better. But I feel like I see something with these Parkland students, and I feel like they—I they, mean, I don't know if they still protesting now, but I feel like this moment kind of taught them to, like, you know, do or die— after they graduate and keep keep the protest on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just a glimmer. I'm the really thing. impressed
4: with them because like as someone who's gone through like, you know, I, I, I didn't obviously go through a school shooting, but I've gone through really traumatic events mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. they never gave themselves time to grieve. They literally just was like, this is wrong, and like, we need to talk about this Mm -hmm. right from the get go. And I think that that's really, whether you agree with them or not, or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I think that that's really uh, just phenomenal. I, yeah. It's incredible that, that they're able to do that.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with the message. I understand that census killings, you know, weapons like the, um, AR-15s are definitely not necessary. But I think that we also need to look at the hundreds of thousands of, of black kids in the city who also die from gun violence and that their lives aren't being sort of looked at the same. I mean, it takes situations like this that affects, again, it takes this identity conversion. So once the identity of someone um, <clears throat> who's not oppressed is converged with those who, who are, then then change tends to happen, right? Um, so it wasn't until the Parkland shooting where it, you know, kids who suburban kids from affluent background were killed. They were now we're having discussions about this. You know, I think this could have been a discussion and people should have been marching about with this 20, 30 years ago. Um I'm glad it's happening now, but I think that we shouldn't lose sight of. It's not just these kids in Parkland, these kids in Detroit, Chicago, LA, Baltimore. New York, Baltimore, Baltimore, oh, yeah. You know they're being killed by by guns and by gun violence. It only like, gets these kids talked about, all,
3: but these kids are also standing up. It's just that yeah. they don't get camera time.
1: That's true. Mm. That is true. That yeah.
4: and it's it's becoming more relevant because it's happening to white kids.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It, you know that's that's the irony there. When it happens to them, it's you know it's 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 promoted. You know it's 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 made it's pushed into the stratosphere. Oh yeah, this is the problem. Of course, that's not right. You know, but I I feel like something like that can be manipulated to shine light on other things that have yeah. happened in the yeah. past and are still happening. Because there's a sense of
1: empathy. It's like, oh, that could be my child. Right. But yeah. when you see a black face, it's like, you know, that that won't be my child. That can never be my child. Right. Right. right.
2: Yeah. I think that's why, you know, King was assassinated in the first place, because he was shining light uh, about the poorest people's movement. And he was shining a light, not just about the black struggle, yeah. but poor folks in general. Yeah, right. That's all yeah. races, These yep. religions. If you poor, you're yeah. the bottom 99%. You need to be part of this movement. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why it was so yeah. dangerous because we got white folks who live, take, you know, Metro Detroit. We got white folks who live in Macomb County, mm-hmm. out there in Warren and Sterling Heights and things of that nature and trailer parks. They just as poor as we are in the right. city of Detroit across the other side of A Mile. Right. But they vote differently. That's because they don't see. Yeah, they don't see. And you want to know why they vote differently? Because Mm -hmm. they have been brainwashed to think that, hey, whiteness matters more so than your pocket. Mm, Yep. And more so than what what policies are being passed every single day that affects you.
4: And brainwashed to the point where they don't even know that. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: It's It's so embedded
4: into the culture that, like, you don't even, it's not even a recognizable thing.
1: It's real because even look at the Roseanne um, TV show that came out and she has that. And she has the the uh, she's a Trump supporter on the show, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, I love this show!" Like white America or, or mainstream America, they're like, "Oh, this is the greatest show that came out." Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just well, so
0: mad they didn't separate the real Roseanne from the character. They tried, right? to, they tried to merge them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Go ahead. But I was gonna, but I was saying to that extent, the situations and the, and the economic challenges that we face again they cross all racial, yeah. ethnic, religious uh, backgrounds and barriers. But I think that people are. Again, I think the, the sense of privilege, you know, the privilege that we have in our society, we take a little bit of privilege that we have and we run with it, right? Whether it's that economic privilege, you know, I'm a, I'm a, if, for if a person who's a, a affluent black person, they're going to run with that affluency and, and the economic success and be like, all right, I'm out, right? And so I think the privilege that we have, we got to sort of check that and understand in relation to each other, we have so much more in common than we, we do uh, uh, that's different. So the economic, um, Sort of the message of economic sort of uh, uh, collectivism, where we need to come together around. All right, we all poor, so we need to come up and make policies that that will help poor people. Yeah. That just doesn't happen this day and age, unfortunately. Mm. Sure. We have, how was that? She said ten minutes. Ten, okay. Yeah. okay,
0: we're good on time. Shalom, know, we're live,
1: we're live. We're live. <laughs> but um, for me though, it's just sad seeing situations like Martin Luther King because with him, he made the sacrifice of his life. And I don't think anyone's willing nowadays to make that, that awesome sacrifice, but I don't think anyone should. Right. And I want to say it this way, because I think that when you're looking at, 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 um, issues of, of, of protests in the day, day and age of of social media, we have the ability to sort of shelter ourselves and hide, you know, hide behind the message boards. And I, but I think that our reach is so much greater than it was in the past. So I think that we can collectively become, sort of advocates amongst ourselves, um, that 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 does so much more than just having one man stand behind, stand guard behind a message. And then the NPR, and also in the NPR episode I watched, they talked about that. They said that we sort of shift nowadays because if we stand behind one man, that man can be snuffed out and killed mm-hmm. and then the message dies. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we just got to sort of spread our message and, and sort of be a, a I don't know, a, a, be unified but also
0: not rely on one person. Listen, man, I think that ties into um, I know this is just this is a hard left turn, but there's an old documentary called, um man, what's it called? I think it's called Blackout where it, it showed it was like the it was like the concert tour of Jay-Z, DMX, Method Man and Red Man. Anyway, yeah. there, there was a segment where Damon Dash was talking to like his <coughs> artist or like uh, DJ Clues people or whatever. He says, look, man, y'all need to have a circle. A circle where everybody got money. So if somebody get arrested and he's the king of the leader and he got all the money, who's gonna bail him out? You need that to have a circle true. where everybody has the same amount of knowledge and the same that amount of money. Obviously that didn't always stick. <laughs> so, you know well,
2: Yeah. Well that's the issues going on in our communities now with our black elected officials. Mm, yeah. We don't have a bench. We don't succession plan. Mm, and so sure. our elders right now are struggling. Like I'm in meetings with all these politicals and they're like, Donovan. You're the next one. I'm like, I can't just be the only one. Right. We, like, we have one. to <laughs> right. we have to incorporate all of these young folks who yeah. act, have an inkling of interest yeah. in politics or policy. And mm. we have to groom them yeah. to understand how to make these contracts, to understand how to fight mm. for injustices and, and and fight against injustices and fight for justice. And so, um, you know, we have to do a better job of that. And and our elders understand that they've been holding on to the power. Yeah. For so long, and not but, grooming the next. Yes, right. but they don't, don't want to relinquish way. it just yet because they don't yeah. trust us, and so it's a conundrum that's, because that's, we have to build that trust, and it's so hard.
3: Is it because <laughs> they don't trust us, or they just don't want to relinquish the power?
2: A little bit of both.
1: Oh, yeah,
3: a lot of a lot
2: about the later. Yeah,
1: but I think it's also like you said with Kwame. I think that was the example of yeah. you know one bad apple, you know, ruining a whole bunch. I think people are afraid now. They want They don't want to yeah. invest their time and money and resources into. You know, younger people right now because they do not only don't think
3: applies they... to Negroes. Like that doesn't apply to anybody else. Like if if a Mexican American politician did that, mm. it wouldn't be off. Oh, we are just gonna not yeah. do that anymore. We're not gonna go that route. Yeah. Or if a white politician did the same thing, we're not gonna be like, Oh, that one yeah. bad politician is gonna spoil it for the rest of these white yeah. politicians. It That's only true. applies to us.
2: No, I agree. That's and true. I think it's because we're so we're so a loving people as black yeah. folks. We're loving, we're emotional, and when we honestly have your back, like if we yeah. find out that you double crossed us, we'll give you a second chance. But I mean, there's so many chances we can give you, and yeah. like it it hurts. It still hurts, and you know Kwame had a speech um, before he went down completely, um, yeah. and he's he said you have you guys have set me up for a comeback. And they did a poll recently, uh, last year, and then another one, I think three years ago. uh, Will Kwame win Mm. if he would have ran for mayor today? Mm. And overwhelmingly, he had support. Like, he'll win again. And so they try to take him out the game to make sure that his memory and legacy won't survive. Mm. And so us coming up as young folks in the game of politics in the city of Detroit, it's our job to make sure, like, hey, we can pick up these reins. We have to let them know. That we can push it. We're soldiers. Hmm. And you elders, you can advise us. You are our generals. But let us work. Let us work. But we we don't have the time nor the necessity. uh, Like, we we just don't have the time to F up. Like, we have to come together and realize our purpose and follow it to the T. I agree. We don't have to BS. We ain't got time for that, like our predecessors have been doing. We need to get to work now. We gotta get these kids straight because they are failing, yeah. and, and it's a disservice to them. and it, And it makes me just so much frustrated. And we have to stop being
0: under the false impression that less is more. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's yeah, not. True. Yeah, we have to stop being under that impression.
1: And I think it, to that to that point that you made, Donovan. I think we're. Um, we're sort of afraid to, first off, there's not a lot of spaces for, you know, black politicians to even yeah. get into, you know, to the game. And so I think we're a little bit more selective about who we choose. Yeah. But that's unfortunate because we need to, again, cultivate these voices because these voices are, they, they're there future politicians. This is what makes our, our society move forward. Um, But again, it's, it's almost a crab in a bucket mentality where yeah. as more people start to get higher in the ranks, we, we pull them down and sort of try to bring back the reality, which is... Unfortunate, especially when we're trying to, again, collectively move ourselves towards that pursuit of happiness. I'll keep drawing it back to that. Um, And oftentimes, it does happen where people like Kwame, you know, they get that power and they change a little bit within that. You know, they they, they mess up, they make decisions that they didn't intend to make, it just happened. Um, But we live in this day and age where one, again, one example of a negative thing can be blanket it's everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how and it is. That's, also
3: that's, I just see like a campaign where we're trying to um like push being business owners yes. on our kids entrepreneurs. and yes. entrepreneurs, but you can't have black business without black politics. Yeah. Right, that's right, true. Right. It goes yeah.
1: hand in
0: hand. Yes. I agree. So, uh closing thoughts. Uh, I guess I'll start us <coughs> off um, Yeah, basically, um, you know The the pursuit of happiness can be sad But, you know, there's always you know, uh, once, There's always a light at the end of the tunnel Maybe that's mm-hmm. being optimistic But that, that can be true um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, before we move on Like, share, and subscribe uh, And I'm going to talk about what we'll, what we'll be doing next week But go ahead, y'all
1: Yeah, I think the pursuit of happiness We have to realize that Where we are in our space and our day and lives At this moment Take take it in and just just enjoy where you are look at the, the things in your life that are going well you know sort of like do like do a little bit like reality checks at this point because I think every time we sort of something successful happens we always say oh what can what can can be done better What where else can I go <clears throat> which is important but we also lose sight of the reality of that we need to ultimately be happy we need to enjoy where we are at this moment um, so that's my little bit who else anybody want to go
3: Well, um, I just um, say that there is um, there's power in in knowledge. I know it's cliche, but Mm -hmm. like I like a people, a lot of people say like, oh, you quote unquote woke and you're mean and like (laughs) stuff like that. But I feel like I'm the happiest that I've ever been because I know and because I know like about the history and I know what's going on presently that I can, you know, I'm better off helping people, you know, and moving forward. Mm -hmm.
2: As young folks, you know I, know, I know what our elders are looking for, and that is for us to be prepared. And you know, we we might not have all the answers, but we have to be willing to listen and have an open mind. Um, I know sometimes we <laughs> we make our own minds up, and that's that's the only way it's going to go. Uh, yeah. And but uh, we have to work with our elders because they have the power at the moment, but we have the power in numbers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have to just come together, work together and make something happen. Because if we don't, this city is falling under our, you know, uh, out of our grasp at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's going to continue to do so um, unless we step up and do something.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go, like, share and subscribe. Uh, We're going to have a we got a surprise next week. We're doing our own episode and we're doing a crossover with the ladies at uh, Two Divas and a Margarita. Um, uh, listen to them they're, they're, they're part of Podcast Detroit as well It's going to be <clears throat> the guys versus the women On a topic of relationships uh, It's going to be great uh, Love y'all